butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly. When I see you flap your wing, I know when it's time for spring. Butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly. Hi everyone, welcome back to Honest Participants Only. Hearing my goddaughter sing that or sing that always makes me smile, no matter what. And especially that kind of she gives it a bit of welly at the end. Um, if you stick around to the end of the show, you will hear her sing it again for the outro. Today we're going to be discussing mind tech, mind tech, yeah, because I can't speak. Mindset as a tool for success. Uh, stick around if you want to find out how what we think about that. Let me introduce you to the panel. So today we're speaking to Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Hi. We're speaking to Renu. Hi, Ren. Hello. And we're speaking to Belinda. Hi, Hi Belinda. <laughs> I'm moving myself around. I don't like to be on the top of everybody looking down. So uh, this is my panel for today. They are amazing. It is an accident that everybody on this panel is a woman, uh, but actually it's probably the universe. So we like this, we celebrate it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show, everybody. So Andrea, tell us a bit about who you are. So um, in my professional career, I'm a HR professional. I recently qualified with my level seven CIPD. Um, so I help businesses implement processes and deal with all the HR stuff, trying to bring in a modern twist to it as well. And then in my personal life, I'm also a life coach and business owner. It sounds like you do it all. And I don't know how you have the time, but actually everyone on this call, funnily enough, is one of those people who, who does it all. So thank you, Andrea. Great to meet you. Uh, Melinda, tell us about yourself. So, yeah, a bit about me. Um, I have been youth mentoring for about four or five years now. Um, I've worked in schools across Birmingham, London. It's been absolutely amazing. And as of recent, um, I've gone into schools um, to deliver talks and to be a speaker, which has been absolutely amazing as well, kind of helping young girls. Um, for my career, I work with a company that delivers programs to young girls in schools across Birmingham. So I've been putting together programs, which has been also amazing. And aside from that, I kind of work in digital marketing. Um, so that's something that came from the pandemic. I have no background in marketing. Um, it was just something that I love to do. And I'm such a strategy person. So now I help people kind of make websites and make books and planners and kind of develop their online brand. So yeah, that's a bit about me. That's amazing. I'm making a note based on something you said, because I want to come back to it. Because um, it's really key in thinking about mindset as a tool. Thank you. Uh, clearly another person who does it all. Ren, Renny, um, nice to meet you. Tell us about yourself. Thank you for having me. Um, so I, um, it's really hard to, like we were saying earlier, how to actually describe what you do because sometimes it can be a lot of things. But um, I'm a digital content producer working at the BBC. So I basically create social media content to promote all different parts of the BBC. Um, I'm also a radio presenter and I've presented on Asian Network as well. Um, I have a podcast that has kind of been left to the side a little bit, but I can still add podcast 
there to my list maybe um but yeah I think I'm just a all-round creative um still trying to figure out where I'm going but that's where I'm at right now (laughs) I love that thank you so much and I think it's really important especially for this platform um and this medium and the way we're doing this for you to have put on all your hats and say said well this is who I am because when we think about mindset it's it's kind of about identity as well and the reason I say that is because everybody has different ways of dealing with things so the first question I'm going to ask you is and it's going to come up on the screen I haven't actually put it in a banner yet so I'm pretending that I've got all of these sentences to say while I do that there so (laughs) the first question I'm going to ask you is what thought does the phrase mindset as a tool for success um, bring to you? That makes no sense, but you know what the question is. <laughs> what thought comes to mind when you think of the phrase mindset as a tool to, for success? I think for, for me, um, mindset as a tool for success, I kind of word it backwards in terms of like, in order to be successful, you have to have the right mindset. Um, and it's how you your attitude towards things you know in order to be successful which actually means different things to different people um, you have to have the right mindset for it and I think that's what it is it's about your attitude towards things Um, you know if you're a business owner I've had a few businesses myself and my mindset towards having a business being in particular situations doing particular things if I don't have the right mindset I'm going to go in the wrong way. Um, so I think it's understanding what success means to you, but understanding that the way that you think about your attitude towards it is very, very, very important. Absolutely. And you said something there. You said um, the right mindset. We're going to come back to that because I know you're talking about mindset being very personal for each person, but I would love to know from each of you what the personal kind of, what is your right mindset and does that change? Thank you so much. Um, Ren, what comes to mind when you think about mindset as a tool for success? I don't know. I find it very vague, that that kind of phrase, because I think a positive mindset is a great attitude for success, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's a tool. Like in this, I think it's something that, will help you but everyone will have their own mindset like it's very personal to each person and there's an idea that you've got to have this right mindset and like yes there is particular attitudes that I think we need to have maybe in the workplace and try and nurture a more positive way of thinking but I don't know it's um mindset as a tool for success I think even success it's like it's very different to different people like someone's idea of success might be stacking shelves and someone's idea of success might be where being an entrepreneur like and they might have very similar mindsets or they might have very different mindsets so I think it's very dependent on each person but I would probably say like nurturing a positive mindset um is an attitude for success, perhaps. But I don't know. I, I When I think of tools, I think of skills. Like I think of like having, uh, for me, it's like editing skills, presenting skills. Like maybe, maybe a mindset is a 
tool but I, I see it as like it's more of a an attitude that helps drive those things because if I have the right attitude then I will find those make it my priority to do other things that add to my toolbox do you know what I mean yeah. so I always think of like adding skills to my toolbox but I don't necessarily think adding mindset to my toolbox but then yeah. maybe, maybe you guys will like question me on that so before I come to you, Andrea, to answer the same question, this is why I said that I, and if you see me looking from side to side, I've got different screens where I'm making notes or doing whatever or looking for the next question. Um, but there was something that Belinda said right at the top and she said she's a strategy person. And that's mm -hmm. so, so with what you were just saying, I was thinking about the fact that um, having a strategy or being nature versus nurture, I was born like this, could actually fall into that kind of mindset and tools thing that you're talking about but also if it is just nature then actually you wouldn't see it as a tool would you because I, I was born like this so why I haven't worked hard at this I'm not I haven't developed a strategy that will take me from A to B it is just the way it is and I think you're absolutely right with regards to the fact that it is a broad term <laughs> it really is yeah. but I'm hoping that by the end of this conversation we don't have to come up with a definitive answer for anybody I'm hoping mm -hmm. by the end of this conversation though we will have delved into it a little bit more and maybe even ourselves will be a bit clearer about that so thank you um Andrea same to you what do you think for of me sorry for me I agree with both Belinda and Ren in terms of what they've said but I think a lot of the time we forget to sort of use our mindset as part of getting to that final destination. So we'll do all the physical aspects of a plan to get to where we need to do. For example, if you've got an exam, you'll sit and revise and do all those physical aspects. But how much work do you actually put into yourself and your own mind? Because if you're sat there thinking, I can't do this or you procrastinate in in essence that mindset can hold you back and actually stop you from getting to that success so for me it's all about working on that mindset your mind is a muscle so just as you go to sort of the gym and work on sort of your legs your arms and whatnot it's important to also work on your mind that's brilliant. Um, thank you so much. And it actually brings me to uh, something that I noted again as we were speaking, even before we started to record the show. It's something you said, Ren, you said about um, developing that positive mindset. And you went to say something, but I think you changed your sentence towards the end. And it triggered me to think the opposite of a positive mindset, though, is not a negative mindset. Is, do you agree or what do you, what do you think? Is the opposite to a positive mindset a negative mindset? I would say so. Yeah, why? Um, yeah. And again, that, me doing that isn't me going, yeah. you're wrong. That's just my thinking <laughs> face. I mean, for me personally, it's like I feel that I, I have like a scale, and if I'm in a negative mindset, it's not positive. So, and I can, when I'm in positive, I know I'm not, maybe there's areas where there are some positives which actually could relate to what you're saying because not everything might you might not have a ne negative attitude towards everything but for me if I'm in a negative mindset 
are the things are triggered by that mindset and and kind of are tarnished by that negative attitude whereas if I when I start to think do you know what I don't really care what people think and I'm just gonna do what I feel and not be bogged down with getting things perfect then I find that that actually relates into everything else so I I, I do think there is a positive and negative um for me anyways yeah no thank you so much Belinda what, what do you think is the opposite of a positive mindset negative mindset um I'm gonna say I think you can have a positive uh mindset and a negative mindset but I don't think it's bad and good um I think you know have you might go through things or might be in a situation where you might have a negative attitude towards that a negative mindset towards that but it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing you know mm. we we go through so many things in our life we deal with so many situations we can't expect to always be positive like yes no yeah. problem I just I just rip off my car let me be positive like no like you're gonna have a negative mind you're gonna be like, oh, now I have to buy a new one I have to do this and da, 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 da. like it doesn't mean it's a bad thing like we're human we go through emotions we're going to be negative sometimes but I think it's important just in terms of how you get out of that how you get yourself out of that negative mindset yeah. that's true I actually yeah, so this is exactly what I was kind of getting at. And it's really interesting hearing you answer that because the example you used, Belinda, of writing your car off, I don't think that not having a positive mindset in that moment means that you're automatically in a negative mindset. I think there's a gap in between that is realistic. And it's a realistic, actually, this is a proportionate response to the thing that is happening to me. However, people who live in that space of, chin up, pull your socks up, let's do it, will see you as having a negative mindset. They will yeah. see you as being like, no, just, you can't dwell in that space. Whereas me, um, and I know Ren, potentially you, and probably the, the other two of you, we're much more a kind of, no, allow yourself to feel what you're feeling in that moment, because that's healthy and that's okay. So, um, Andrea, what do you think about that? I agree. I think for me last year was a big challenge for me and I wasn't in my usual sort of positive mind stuff. I really had to step back and evaluate life and I think for me if I didn't allow myself to be negative and feel those emotions I just wouldn't have got through it because when you're constantly positive, it can have a negative effect on you because you keep going and going and going, you eventually burn out and you're ignoring everything that's going on. So I think sometimes you do just need to step back and if you need to cry, if you need to be angry, if you need to worry, then that's what you need to do. And I think it's healthy to have that balance and it helps you build up to that positivity where you're like, right, okay, I've felt that anger now this is what I'm going to do, this is the solution, and you pick yourself back up. Yeah, one of the ways I met both you, Belinda, and you, um, Andrea, was on a, an app called Clubhouse, and it was a very, it was an audio app. The only way we kind of connected with, with each other is by our profiles, anyone could put anything, I'm an expert in the moon, you know, you could just put your profile out there, and so when you spoke, what you were trying to do was convey the expertise that you would put in your profiles. And I found that a lot of people 
came across initially as very kind of positive. No, and you must do this. And let's have a mastermind class and let's do this. And no, come, share your problems. I'll tell you what to do. And every time I would sit in one of those rooms, uh, after you know a couple of months of listening, I realized there was an element missing. And that element was humanity. There was a kind of, this is all you have to do is put these steps in place. And I was like, always the kind of voice of dissent. I would be, well, no, but what about, and what about the healing and what about grace for ourselves? And what about the damage that constantly picking myself back up right in this moment does? Because we have to pick ourselves back up eventually, absolutely, but it needs to be when it's right for me. Otherwise I end up right back in this place of depression or whatever it is, because I haven't given myself time to heal. So my next question to you, I guess, is, do you think that having a positive mindset and giving yourself grace is different professionally? So in your careers and what you're thinking about when you're thinking about where you're trying to get to, to personally, when you're thinking about life and what you want to, want to achieve? Oh, that question's put me on the spot now. <laughs> I feel like it's really, I, I really struggle to um, like split those two people apart. Like my professional self yeah. is kind of my personal self. Like I don't, especially in the workplace, I don't like to portray myself like I'm professional. Right? Like obviously, you know, in, in situations you might, but I, I try my hardest to still be the same person. So I think in the same, my mindset, how I would treat a friend is, I would like, my values will stay, stay the same in the workplace. So I've forgotten your question, but the thing about the personal, the professionals kind of, that's what I've uh, leaned into. What no, was that was absolutely the question? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely parts, there's, I find there's things in my professional life that I'm, really good at like I'm good at finding opportunities and going for stuff and then if it comes to like relationships that's a different matter like I'm I'm so bad at putting myself out there when it comes to that so there maybe there's a mindset that I'm it's the same thing but I don't transfer into personal but I try at least to not be two different people if I can yeah and do you know what I would probably add to that as well is that I think for our careers, like we get to build up the version of ourselves that we want to. Whereas, like you said about relationships, I'm exactly the same. I don't put myself out there. Mm -hmm. I'm in my house all the time. But I think that's based on our experiences from when we're younger. So I feel like our career, we're able to build up and say, okay, this is what we want to do. This is what we don't yeah. want to do. Whereas we're affected in our personal life by the things that we've experienced in our life so we have to reprogram our mindset in our personal life whereas our career we're, we're building on our mindset if that makes sense hmm. yeah that's true it's kind of like you're a bit more in control of it sometimes in your mm -hmm. career um, <laughs> sometimes yeah sometimes. So this is what's really interesting for me because everything you're saying makes sense and every person in this room right now is, is part of a minoritized community. And I say, I bring that up, not to highlight it or other us, but actually I bring it up because Ren, I smiled inside when you said you could be Ren 
at work and at home. And that is such a beautiful thing because we're finding so much that uh, there are more of us who don't realize that we can be that thing. And not every workplace is safe to do that in. So let's not pretend that it is, um, you know, they want to tell you it is, but you get there and it's like, no, we need you to be different, Shay. Um, But I say that because fundamentally when we're thinking about work and personal, there is this quite sharp divide that we're like, well, this is who I'm gonna be. But I think for myself, I, like you have decided, you're gonna get, you're gonna just get Shay. Because I have my own business, I work for myself, my brand is exactly who I am. So that's who you're gonna meet. Which is why before we kind of press record on this, I was like, I want us to have fun. Because also that's part of who I am and that's what's really important. We might be talking about deep themes or it might be boring or whatever, but bringing us into the conversation and our characters and our identities is what makes this um, special and unique and and different. Uh, would you say that there are two sides of you, Andrea, in terms of how you deal with mindset or would you agree with kind of the rest of us? I think my values stay the same, um, especially going into HR, sort of going through the employee life cycle myself and having part-time jobs I wanted to go in there and actually show empathy show I had values show that I actually had time for people and if there was nothing I couldn't do actually take the time to sit and explain I understand where you're coming from but I can't do this I think for me it's very difficult so I carry my values but then because I am sort of HR and I have to remain impartial I do sort of keep myself to myself at work because I have to be professional especially if I'm going into certain meetings and some of them have involved things like safeguarding and with the council and stuff so if I've sort of had a laugh and a joke with a certain employee and then it's gone to something serious it's difficult for me to let down that barrier so I'd say in sort of my nine till five job my values stay the same but I do separate myself and keep myself to myself because I feel like I sort of have to it's so you... interesting. Sorry. No, go for it. Go for it's it, It's making me think like, even though my I would say my values remain the same, in certain situations or maybe like meetings you have, how much of yourself do you like rein back? Or like, because obviously it depends how much of you see yourself, like how I am with my friends. Am I exactly that same person in a meeting? Probably reined back a bit, but if it came to like a situation or a decision or something I felt uncomfortable about, like I'm someone who does like to speak up and be honest about something. Would I still do that? I probably would do that. Um, but then you have the, the added stuff that's like, what's the consequence? Like, I don't want to lose my job. But like, So yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question. I feel like I'm going to go away and keep thinking about it. Yeah, it brings me on to my next question perfectly, Ren. So actually, thank you so much for that. Um, You know, we deal with difficult situations in life generally. And what we know typically is that women are 
celebrated for their resilience and black women in particular are like yeah you're the strongest which is why we don't get uh, again proportionate healthcare and things like that but speaking as us in the room should we be celebrating resilience in the same kind of way is it is there a detrimental element to keeping going despite what might be happening for us I feel like sometimes it has a negative impact. So last year I worked in a workplace that was very detrimental to my mental health and I kept going until I essentially found another job and it was really difficult for me and I feel like until I left and got out of that environment, although I did it and I stayed resilient which I was proud of myself for doing because I had no other choice sort of financially at the time to sort of just get up and leave after that I think it had a massive detriment on my mental health because when you're dealing with something negative and you're dealing with the impact on it when you keep going and you don't take that time to sort of step back I feel like it sort of follows you after so yes in some cases I got through it I stood proud for myself I didn't show them that it sort of got to me and I ended up actually winning a court case and I got to speak my truth in the end but going through that at the time it didn't help being resilient in a sense I probably needed to let out a lot of that emotion whilst it was going out rather than sort of having to relive it twice and as a follow-up question to that and and when you come to answer the question um Renu and Belinda feel free to answer it as well but as a follow-up question to what you just shared with us Andrea um is there a difference between you not having a choice so whether it's because financially you have to get on with this and actually you just choosing to go to the end to kind of see this through is there a difference between being able to make that choice? I feel like sometimes there can be but sometimes there can't because I did think about it but it's sort of weighing up sort of my emotions and how I felt if I just went off that my choice probably would have been a lot different but then in the worst case scenario and being realistic in terms of paying for bills paying for food and that sort of thing, petrol, car insurance. If I couldn't have found another job for another 10 months, let's say, then what would I have done? And it's sort of balancing that. I think another big aspect of it, I work from home at the time. So had I had to go physically into the office, I think it would have been much more difficult. And I don't think I would have coped, but I sort of had that leeway in a sense. Yeah, understood. Thank you so much. Uh, Belinda, should we still celebrate resilience? Um, this is like a 50-50 one, like off my own experiences and, um, you know, Andrea was talking about in the workplace and stuff like that. And I've worked in some very big businesses that were very toxic and having to be resilient when people are continuously pushing you down and then 
people are saying, you know, well, you got through it, you know, you, you got through it. Like, that's not something to celebrate. I shouldn't have been in that situation to have had to get through it. Um, and I feel like other than workplace, like my mom is a very re resilient person. And that's because she's had to be. She was a single parent. She had to be resilient. She had to pick herself up. And that was instilled in me. And resilience sometimes can come out as independent woman and I can do everything for myself and I was like in this mindset for a long time and only recently I'm like no like I shouldn't have to be strong like why is that celebrated that I have to be a strong woman like I have emotions I go through things I'm allowed to be down there that's fine um and I feel like we should teach people and give people the tools to be resilient but I celebrating resilience. I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm not yeah. sure. It's it's one okay. of it's one of them weird ones. It depends on the situation. Um it depends on why, but I don't know, it's it's one of them weird ones, isn't it? <laughs> I hear you. It you saying that reminded me of um a lesson that my aunt has had to learn throughout the pandemic, uh throughout my whole life my family my grandma they've all been very like oh your arm's dropping off that's fine you'll be fine go to work uh and it's because back then with our mm -hmm. cultures because our, our cultures overlapping quite a few ways they didn't have a choice they had yeah. seven children at home a husband who was a you know the allotment or whatever you had to get it done and i think yeah. that mindset is still stuck in us and so we're probably in this generation where we have more choice we're able to balance things to figure things out more than we ever have before and we're having to challenge what we were taught and the why with what we want and how we're trying to envisage a new future so what do you think what do you think about resilience Ren? um it is a difficult one but like what you just said about generational change I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying about how our generation now is, you know, all questioning our whys, like, what are we doing? What are we, are we really wanting to be on this path and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes if I kind of say those things to my parents or my mom, I feel stupid because I'm, I'm not stupid, but it's just something that they won't completely grasp because she's like, you know, you're doing okay. Like, you do, why do you need to keep, it's, it sounds like overthinking. And it's, it's, uh, it's because like you said, that it's, like my mom's the same single parent she's you know created her own business on her own like had no money like she's she to me is the idol of resilience so I think I've always felt like I need to be like that and I've struggled to be that same pillar of resilience because that we live in diff completely different generations and different times and different jobs and different industries and so it's, um, I think resilience is like a, a mark that we very different to every person. Like, I don't think we can like taint the same success kind of everyone's not got the same, it's not going to be at the same level or everyone's going to be very different. Um, but I think there's tools that you can use that can help your resilience. Like for me, sometimes it's, you know, like journaling for example for me is something that really helps my resilience because it's like me facing okay what is going on what could I do better what do I want to improve and it's like 
sometimes like we were saying earlier tapping into maybe what is a negative mindset can you turn that into a positive mindset can you can you how quickly can you change your reaction to something to me that's resilience that's me like facing up to perhaps a previous way I would have thought and changing that so I think it's very personal and I, I think to me when I I do see those changes I celebrate that resilience because I'm proud of that change but that resilience mark will keep moving so mm -hmm. I think it's it's um I'm not sure it should be like how it can be celebrated in the workplace because like I said it's very different to each person but yeah and quite often in the workplace it's used as a bullying tactic to get you to continue on a path that doesn't work for you and that's again that's really sad but it's typically about growth like you say oh I, I've grown last time two years ago I would have done something entirely different in this situation mm -hmm. now what matters to me might have moved and so therefore I'm not even giving it that energy when I do one-to-one -one podcasts, or when I have one person on, there's, a, there's like a format to my podcast. And one of the questions I do ask them is, um, and it's totally gone from my mind, imagine. It's not even slightly there. I literally was about to say it. Never mind, it will come back. But what you did say brought me um, to some research I was doing for this particular podcast. And there are questions that are typically told to people to ask yourself these questions when assessing your ability to be resilient. So, and I'm not asking you to answer them, I'm just putting the questions out and then we can have a discussion about whether they make sense or not. Because I think when you said one of these things, which kind of makes sense. So, how are you making decisions? Are they process-based, outcome-based or something else? How do you process and manage your emotions? What can you do about what you're struggling with? Do you employ critical thinking methods? Where can I position myself to increase the chances of meeting my goals? Who can I network with or contact to increase the chances of meeting my goals? And what can I do more of to make people notice my skills and talents? Now, before I let you all respond to what you think of that list, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works and say, generally, those questions are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But to somebody who might be dealing with a personal matter in the workplace so for instance if my depression is the problem you asking me how who can I network with is not going to do a darn thing for me mm. I have no motivation to network with myself in the mirror much less kind of you know so yeah so I came up with my own few questions which are more about and you can ask yourself these questions as well how do you feel what's your motivation when did things change for you? What options do you feel you have? What do you need to move from where you are to where you want to be? Same questions, right? Totally different phrasing, totally different energy, which allows people to feel seen, supported, mm. and potentially able to pull up their socks in their time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, what, what do you think about the kind of like I said, I went on the internet, I found all this research. That is the theme across the internet when you type in anything about mindset. What do you think about the kind of messaging that's out there, Ren? Oh, 
Um, firstly, I I like <laughs> I didn't expect it to come to me first. Um, I like the way that you phrase your questions. First of all, because I feel like it makes it see feel like if I was on the other side of that, being asked those questions, I'd feel like I'm not a problem. Like I haven't got a problem. It's like okay, what? How can we fix it? Rather than like making it seem like feel worse than I already do. Um, but in terms of mindset, I feel like. There's a lot out there in terms of mindset. It's like quotes everywhere. There's another book about something. And I mean, you've got to just take it with a pinch of salt and and, and read those different things in some ways because understand that there's different ways of thinking about it. But there are particular way, ways of thinking that might resonate with you more. Um, but I, I, I think a few years ago, I was like quite pleased seeing a lot of talk about confidence and mindset and and I actually got my own confidence and mindset coach and that really helped me and but then I found recently that there's so much it's almost like it's become a trend which is good because it's making it there's a positive you know it's showing that it's important to change yourself and improve but then it makes it very overwhelming to even know where to start because it's there's so much out there and there's so much different messaging um but I would personally say the best way to do it is get a pen and paper and write your thoughts down because you can go to someone and they'll give you their two pence worth and it, it will help to soundboard of someone but I just think that to me is the best way to understand your own mindset because in a one-to-one -one session with someone, they will help at that point. But what about after that? Like, what about when you're in a, you're in a situation? So, um, but I, the one the one book I did read once that I think has had, neg neg some of my friends have read the same book and they don't like it. But I like, is it Mark Manson's, I'm not going to read it because there's a swear word in his title, but it's like, uh, Ways to Not Give an F or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it, not read it. Yeah, and some people don't like him because he's quite like cuts out all the well, I can't say it, cuts out all the nonsense all the yeah, straight to the point um but yeah I would just say there's a lot out there but you can find your own way if you just kind of get to grips with how you work and you can do that through just writing Absolutely. I think and it's interesting because we've got someone on the call who is, it's not a call, Shay, you're not on Zoom. We've got someone on the podcast who works in HR. And it's interesting to me what you were saying before, Andrea, about how you have to take self out of it a little bit. But would you be able, do you think, in your capacity as, as someone who works in that department, be able to ask my questions um, in a way that validated someone's feelings or do you feel that it, you would be much more pressured from the business to ask the right what have you done about it prove it show me you know what, what do you think I'm in quite a fortunate position where I run the department on my own so I sort of have the choice to sort of implement certain strategy and processes so before anybody sits with a staff member if it's not me it's me delegating it so I'm very specific with how things are done even to the point where 
someone may have done something wrong and it's an investigation, I always like to get their side. And one of the biggest sort of feedback that I've got from it is that I sit and listen and I don't interrupt and I actually take on board what the individual is saying, which is something I'm really proud of because it's something I've not had in the workplaces and I do a lot on mental health. So I'm in a position where I can offer wellbeing drop-ins and schedule meetings where staff members can just sit and talk to me, whether they want to cry, moan, rant, whatever it is, I've created that safe space for them to just sit there and talk um so in that sense obviously I stay professional um but I've still created that sort of space so I'm fortunate that in that sense I know if I'd worked for a larger organization where I wasn't sort of managing everything I'd probably challenge quite a lot. There's times where I've had to challenge the director because he's questioned something I've put into place, but then I can always explain why I've done what I've done and it is for the benefit of the employees because for me it's important. You wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for them, so you need to nurture them, you need to take care of them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Belinda, you work with a lot of youth and particularly young girls mm -hmm. um yeah. so when you are trying to impress on them the importance of empowerment the importance of knowing your mind and not being led and even not being manipulated or or any of the things you might speak to them about do you find that they respond more to the touchy-feely no not touchy-feely just the feeling empathetic kind of approach to, as opposed to, right, this is what you need to do, step one, step two, step three. Mm -hmm. What what have you found generally as you've gone around the country kind of speaking to girls? Um, you find that they have a lot of questions. Um, so I like to lead a lot of my sessions with questions and open up the room for them to ask me questions um, rather than me speak at them. I never like to do sessions like that. And you find that they have a lot of questions. A lot of times they just want someone to talk to. And it is really how you word things with these young girls. Um, and I like to be quite creative with them. So a lot of times when we're speaking about things, they'll be doing something creative on paper. So they're not thinking about what they're about to say. Um, and I've been doing that for a good couple of years, just really trying to understand and kind of switch up the way that I do things. So it's tailored to the students um, and in my recent role of like putting together the programs and stuff I actually train coaches now so all the training I wish I had I can now support them in ensuring that they're doing that with students that I'm doing that with them so they know how to implement it with the students I think it is the whole thing of a safe space and really truly understanding what that means and for me, you know, I'm very, like I said, very strategy and like the sessions, like this is what we do for the first 15 minutes and da, 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 da. But a lot of times the first 15 minute task ends up taking up the whole hour. And if by the end of the session, they have asked them questions thoroughly to themselves, they have discussed with each other and been able to ask me questions and for me to answer it, how they need me to answer it, my job is done. I think 
a lot of us, you know, we work with people that need real answers. Um, and that's what I intend to give them is the real deal in the nicest way possible in a way that's not going to scare them. Um, but sometimes the questions that you read, like simple questions, simply formed, sometimes them are the questions that really help somebody rather than, I think what, what question you asked that was just like, how am I supposed to know who to network with? It's not, it's not really, it's not really the time now. Um, so I think how you word things when you speak to other people, when you help other people, but how you speak to yourself is like the most important thing. Like I was doing a talk the other day at a girl's school for like, yeah, seven, eight, nine, and 10 and 11 and the sixth form. And it was about my resilience story. And I was talking about different tools that um, I used when I was going through hardships, when I was like their age. And one thing I said was obviously the journaling, how I spoke to myself, but also who I surrounded myself with, because when you're in that place of having a negative mindset or thinking negatively about something, sometimes you can get so far that you can't pull yourself out of it. And mm. the only way sometimes you can is the people around you. Um, so I think that's also super important is how you talk to yourself, but how other people can also talk to you to help you get out of that place. I love that. I love that. And it perfectly takes us on to the next question. And we're going to start going towards the end of the, the session now. I wish we could do this for a bit longer. But what have you learned about yourself and what you need to succeed over the last few years? So we'll, we'll, as you were talking, we'll go with you, Belinda. Um, what have I learned about myself? Um... I think since the pandemic, I think especially during the pandemic, I have always been a go, go, go person, like in my career, um, business, I've always just been a go, go person. And I've never really sat with myself and really learned more about me and really reflected on my life. And, you know, I'm all about teaching people about growth mindset and having a growth mindset and being resilient but I'm not teaching myself and I don't want to put anything out there that I'm not doing myself. And I think, you know, about the, what you need to succeed. Um, like we mentioned, you know, success is different to everyone. And for me, it was, you know, I want to be, I want to be well known. Um, you know, I want to be like the best of the best. Whereas success is a little bit different to me now. Um, success to me is being able to do things like this, like share my knowledge, um, travel and see the world, um, work from wherever I am. And I think because I've changed my mindset, because I've changed the way I think about and where I, how I see things, how I view people, I'm a person who's always like reevaluating like where I am. Like my friend always like laughs at me. She says every week I'm doing like a rebrand um I'm always having a strategy meeting and she laughs all the time um but I am I'm always reflecting on you know the things that I've achieved this week where I wasn't doing so well this week I, I do find it quite hard to journal um just because I, I just I don't know it's just a bit hard for me I don't know what it is but I always try to end the week by reflecting on my achievements um you know what went well what didn't what are the things that I've learned this week and how I've been able to grow as a person. And I think we grow every single week. And I think for me, I try to implement a growth mindset, which means that I'm trying to always understand how I can grow. 
Um, and I think that's the most important thing, you know, why I've learned over about myself and what I need to succeed over the last few years is that for me, I'm always just wanting to grow. And that that's in all different areas of my life. Um, so hopefully that has answered the question. It 100% has. Thank you so much. It's, it's so funny you mentioned struggling with journaling. I struggle with affirmations. And I, I know they work for most people. But for me, standing in the mirror and being like, you go, girl. You're the best. It just doesn't. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I more believe it when I'm sat here and I have an idea in my head and I'm like, let me get this down. And I read it back and I'm like, that's brilliant. It's more about me putting the things that are inside me out, even if it's just me in a Word document. I've saved it now. Um, and I put a post out the other day about those notebooks that you can see behind me, just saying, actually, um, you know, we're told not to go back and look into our past. But fundamentally, the past, walking those paths, going back through those notebooks, I realised how much of my genius would be lost if I hadn't gone back. Because yeah. I was like, did I write that? That was great. You know, um, and so instead of the affirmations, for me, it is making sure I get the things that are in my head down so that when I'm having a crisis of confidence, I can mm -hmm. go back through them and have them, which is still me, it's just affirmations in a different way. Yeah. Um, I can have them lead me to where I'm trying to get to. So it sounds like so you much. like evidence. It's like you want the evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The evidence of what you've done. And I will gaslight myself into believing that I am not enough if I do not evidence it. I mm -hmm. literally will gaslight myself, the, the fire, all of the things. And I'll be like, Shay, it's you. No, most of the time, by the time we get to a stage where we are this astute or we have this much self-awareness, most of the time it's not us anymore. And it may have been in the past, but if you work on yourself and you're constantly reflecting, like you, you said, Belinda, actually, no, when you're thinking, oh, it's probably you, you're gaslighting yourself, move on, you know, get rid of it and move on. Because actually, even if you are, even if it is you, so what what so what if the thing you're thinking might happen happens then you're going to move on still do it anyway um and again I'm saying that so confidently here <laughs> but when I'm talking it to myself I'm like ah, okay Shay I've got all of these social media posts that I've created for years have I put them out no because by the time I go into that folder and I'm like right what should I pull out today I'm going ah, but this doesn't relate to anything why do we do it to ourselves so yeah that was a long-winded way of saying affirmations don't work for me but <laughs> Ren um what have you learned about yourself and what you need to succeed over the last few years um I think I've learned that um you're not gonna suddenly have everything in place like there's not a point when you are going to be that level of success like when I was, for years, I'd wanted to work for the BBC and I tried and tried and tried and to apply and then you get in and then it's like, right, well, what's next? And, you know, that level keeps moving. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to be to where I want to be, um, which I've, I've realised from speaking to other people who were, at, at the level of success that I look up to and they you know even they're kind of in the same position as like I don't know where I'm going either and I think I've realized that it is such a journey and that you don't need to have everything in place and actually 
the majority of stuff I've done has been unplanned. Like, yes, there's been intention behind it. Like when I look back at the Asia Network stuff I've done, people would say to me, oh, how have you done that? And then I'd realize, actually, I've been doing radio for like five years. Like I have to remind myself that sometimes that it's not just happened overnight. But at the same time, I didn't intentionally say I'm going to do this to get to that. And then I'm going to plan this. I've, I've tried to plot things out and plan and like manifest in that way. And sometimes it, it just will happen when it happens. And that's something I have to remind myself constantly. That's like, you're not going to have everything right now. Like even when we have our the list of what we, what we are, like that's even a battle. It's like, okay, I want to be all those things now. I want to do everything now. Why am I not there? But it's just like chill out. I think actually reminding yourself that I'm doing all right. And if I look, if I was my, like if I, I was thinking about this today, actually, my 18 year old self, when I started uni, what would she think of me now? And it's like, actually, yeah, I probably would be really proud. So you've got to just like, I think in order to succeed, it's just actually reminding yourself of where you're at and not putting too much pressure on yourself to be at a certain point. Because when you get to that point, it still won't be enough. So mm. it's just be like, kind of like what Belinda was saying in terms of like, where her idea of success is actually not, it's not, you know, focusing on particular points It's being happy to travel. It's being happy to do those things. And, and um, yeah, yeah, just, just uh, not too much pressure. Thank you so much. And it makes so much sense. And I, I do feel that, and I've said this on a couple of my other podcasts, this is a, a digital record. So even when you go back in the future and you hear your words to that question, it will mean so much and it may remind you of your why. Thank you. Andrea, uh, what about you? I think one of the biggest things I've learned, especially in the past sort of few years, is that sometimes you do need to lose yourself to find yourself again. I'm someone from a young age and I think it's come from watching my parents work so hard that I went to uni I've done my master's but I was always working either part-time or full-time alongside it and then I had all these other ideas that I wanted to do sort of my life coaching I also make candles and wax melts and I have all these ideas that I want to do but it's not always feasible to put them in place because sometimes life hits you I've struggled with a lot of sort of health issues in the past year and sort of family issues I've had family members being unwell where I've had to really step up in my personal life and sometimes all that pressure that I add on to myself I sort of see it as oh I'm a failure because this year I didn't manage to do that or I wasn't consistent with this and it's too late and I build this whole big picture that I can't do it because I didn't do it there and then whereas last year I really took a step back because I was forced to and I feel like losing myself I've actually found myself again and set myself up this year to do the things that I want to do and I was actually looking at my journal from when I wrote my goals down for 2022 and when I ended the year I sat and thought 
I can't wait for this year to end. I'm ready for 2023. But a lot of my goals that I'd written down, I'd actually achieved. But with everything going on in life, being so busy, I completely forgot and thought, oh, I've just had a really bad year. But it wasn't as bad as I sort of thought. So for me, one thing I've really taken away is actually sitting and doing nothing sometimes and taking that time out to sit with myself because it's so important and I've been going to therapy and I keep saying to my therapist I don't have time to relax and when I try and relax my mind's just going and going and going with all these ideas of I need to do that of I need to do this but I've really sort of put myself first and this week I've taken time off work and just sat and sort of reflected with myself, spent time with myself and had that rest. And it's amazing the change it's done. I think you need to force yourself sometimes. So for me, I've got my journey. I know what I want. I know where I need to get get to. But there's no sort of time pressure on that. I think it's important to be present and enjoy life whilst I'm doing it. And in ensuring that I'm taking care of me as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You mentioned um, getting used to doing nothing. I think I may be taking that to the extreme. So I might need to motivate myself a bit more. <laughs> I love doing these days. Oh, yeah. Literally. literally. <laughs> the other yeah. day, um, I was on a, a podcast and the other woman, she was like, you know, like I see you doing all this on social media and da 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 da. And I said, listen, half the time I'm scrolling on TikTok, I said, I'll, I'll do my little post. But I'm scrolling on TikTok, I'm watching EastEnders, I'm watching Netflix. And like one last thing that I would probably say is like, don't compare yourself to other people when it comes to success. Don't mm. do that. I think I was speaking with Andrew and, you know, last year for both of us, I think we didn't do what we wanted to do. But I think it's understanding that everything happens when it's supposed to happen. And like this year, like I'm so grateful, has already kind of been like, for me like already like you know being on this amazing podcast doing other things as well and I think success looks different to all of us like please everyone who's watching this just don't compare yourself to anybody else like just remember that you know there's a plan for you and that you will live your life how it's supposed to be led like lived sorry but just don't compare yourself to other people whatever you do Belinda this is hilarious to me this is I can see why you everyone will know in just a moment you will see why I've invited these three ladies in particular onto this um podcast and onto this episode so Belinda has just answered my final question (laughs) (laughs) my final question so I was going to say in two or three lines each um what would you say to anyone out there (laughs) struggling with their motivation (laughs) so Belinda is there anything you want to add on top of that um take time out for yourself um I think like I said I I always wanted to kind of travel and then I was like no I kind of like you know need to put my my money into my business and stuff like that and I felt that like it wasn't like if you're struggling with your motivation like really sit down and understand kind of like why you want to do this why is this important to you um you know it's not every day that you're going to wake up and you're going to be motivated to do the thing that um 
you're going to want to do but it's building the skills like building your mindset building your resilience it's about working on yourself so you're not always going to be motivated and that's okay you know all of us sitting here right now we're not motivated all the time probably Mm. after this we're all probably just going to go and watch tv and then post on instagram something (laughs) that pretend that we did like a month ago and it's just like life everyone's life is what they want to make it out to be on online and you know it's just going back to that whole thing just don't compare yourself your motivation will be different to my motivation you're not always going to be motivated it's your determination that is very very important are are you determined to do this thing it's not going to happen overnight it might not happen in a month but if you know the things that you want to achieve like Andrea said there's not a time frame on the things that you want to achieve but just know where you you kind of want to go. It might not be where you're going to go. Um, And I always say that, like, for me, I don't have goals. I have a direction and the direction can kind of change. Um, So hopefully then a few tips will help the people watching. Amazing. Thank you so much. Andrea, um, your kind of closing statement to anyone who is struggling. I'd say be present and I know that's something I used to say a lot on Clubhouse as well but I think we either get so stuck in the past or so stuck in the future we forget to just be here and sometimes it is just the simple things and you can't sort of find motivation if you're not feeling good within yourself so if it means going on a night out or booking that holiday I started off this year by booking a weekend away with my cousins and it was the best thing I sort of ever did because you need that break you need that time out or whether it is just taking a bath or going for a walk do something that makes you feel good because the better you feel your motivation will sort of stem from there and take it step by step but don't forget to be in the moment where you're here now because the past has already gone it's already built you up to be who you are today and the future's not here yet you've still got control over that and the other thing I'd just say quickly as well is there's a lot of external factors and just remember who you are and your true authentic self because no matter what's going on out there no one can take away who you are so just take care of you and put yourself first. Thank you so much. Powerful stuff from all of you um, today. And, you know, last but not least, Ren, you know I'm coming to you, so. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, what else can I add to this now? They've, there's such good answers. I, I would perhaps say finding what's right for you and perhaps looking at what are the things that's actually limiting or hindering your motivation. So, I know for me, sometimes I, if I'm on my phone too close to when I'm going to bed, then that's going to hinder me waking up in the morning and I'm going to be less motivated throughout the day because I won't be able to go to the gym in the morning. Like everything gets, so there's, and I have to think, look, like what are the patterns that I'm doing that are perhaps not good? Like what habits? Am I on my phone too much? Am I spending time with people who I'm not really enjoying spending time with? So perhaps just sitting with that whether that is journaling for you or going for a walk and finding that thing that is your way of relaxing it might not be the way other people relax like you your way of relaxing might be going on a run or it might just be chilling in the bath um 
I like to dance. That is my thing to relax, like put some music on and just chill and clean and put everything in order. Like just, yeah. And once you kind of find your own groove, then you remember, okay, that's a tool that I can, like, go back to the mindset as a tool. But that is a tool that you can use to again and again. So I think, um, yeah, just finding what's right for you and looking at the patterns. Sometimes sometimes that's why I find journaling's good. I don't always do it every day, but through it, you can see patterns. Like I wasn't feeling good today because this, I wasn't feeling because this. And then you look back and you're like, oh, okay, that's a reason. Or I, I remember my coach once said, and it was a really good tool actually, that was like, thought feeling action like you write down the thought that you're that you've got and then how is that making you feel and what what are you gonna what is the action that you're doing that's not great you look back at it how can you how would you change that how could you rephrase that like when I'm writing I tend to write and then write back to myself so say if I've written how how I'm feeling I might say okay this is how I think you talk to yourself as if you're someone else speaking to you so you have that better communication with yourself so it's just what's right for you and and it will come and don't force it it's you know it's your own journey it's perfect thank you so so much um so just in wrapping up I heard from all of you on the podcast today mindsets can change assess your habits and processes write your feelings down think about your direction instead of a destination give yourself grace and work towards your legacy, your overall, who you want to be, what you want to be, where you want to go. Um, and that sounds actually like great advice to me. So, um, yeah, is there anyone that any of you want to kind of put on? We'd like to pay it forward just in a word or two. Is there, are there handles, Instagram or whatever that you want to send people to? And then I'm going to come to you all to tell us where we can find you before we finally wrap up. So anyone that comes to mind? I mean, apart from each other, because we—I was recording a podcast um, recently. Okay, it was this morning, and everybody on there was like, "Follow the other one," because they'd never met each other. So they were like, "Yeah, follow this one," which actually was brilliant. It didn't even occur to me. Um, but yes, you're going to follow everybody here. Those watching and listening, you're going to follow everyone here shortly. But is there anyone else that you want to kind of fly the flag about? And there doesn't have to be. <laughs> Go on. No, I was gonna say, um, so I'm gonna shout out my friend. I know she hates being shouted out, but I think her handle is Catherine F Official. I think she's on Twitter, um, but she works a lot with like mental health, um, and like in VC, and she does like a lot of like talks and stuff, like really help people. Um, you know, she's done a lot of things with like Apple and like McPin and stuff like that, and I think what she's doing is amazing. And I shout at her all the time because she doesn't put out enough content. Um, so if I push people there, she has to post content. But no, what she's doing is amazing with the young people when it comes to mental health. Wonderful. And we've got literally two minutes left. Andrea, anyone that you want to put forward? Um, it's someone I actually met at Belinda's networking event that's helped me in terms of my mindset and getting to the gym and working out. So it's moved with me. She does a lot of female empowerment classes um, and one-to-ones, but she posts like reels and stuff um, if people are looking into sort of getting into working out. Excellent. And actually, Andrew, I'm going to ask you to let us know where people can find you. Um 
just now? Yeah, so my Instagram and TikTok is a track with Andrea um, for my life coaching services and content there. And then if you're interested in sort of candles, wax melts and that sort of stuff, it's underscore nostalgic sense. Perfect. Thank you. Belinda, where can they find you? And I'm going to come to you, Ren. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and I'm trying to do the TikTok thing, guys, um, at Belinda, K-A-U-R-S um, and LinkedIn at Belinda Call. And you can find my current business, um, BK Networks on Instagram. So we do events and programs and fun stuff. So that's where Andrea has met a few people as well. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can find me, guys. Excellent. Thank you. Ren, anyone to recommend and then tell the people where they can find you? Um, two people I'd probably recommend. Uh, my coach, uh, which is Hattie McAndrews. Uh, she's great. Um, she does workshops. She's She like writes loads of articles for different places. And she, yeah, she helped me a lot. And also there's another coach called Tiwa Ogan-Lacey. And she does like a confidence and killing it academy, which I joined, and that's really great. Um, so yeah, I would say them two are pretty good. But sometimes also there's a lot on social media. I would say that there's this pressure to like post and do a lot of stuff, especially someone working in social media. Um, I would say I'm not so good at it, but also yeah. I, don't, I need to take a tip from you, Belinda, and look at what you're doing. because Honestly, look at what she's doing. It is awesome. Um, but, yeah, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Ren underscore Chopra, uh, LinkedIn, Renu Chopra. Um, yeah, those two places. Well, you can find me on Facebook Amazing. if you want. You can do that. Yeah, yeah, use this Facebook. So much for coming on board today. It's been a fantastic, fantastic episode. Um, and all that's left for us to do is just say bye bye. Thank you guys so much. Butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly. When I see you flap your wing, I know when it's time for spring. Butterfly, butterfly. Pretty butterfly.